you're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. give you some advice. Assume everyone will betray you and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey everybody and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 277, Solo Trailer Reaction. And as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Han Solo to my Chewbacca. Because, I mean, that's kind of obvious we have to do that. We have Carl LeClaire. <laughs> Can't get more classic than that. Can't get more perfect than that on an episode like this, my friend. I know. I'm so excited. Uh, I really love this trailer, just to let the cat out of the bag already. Um, so I'm super excited to talk about it. Oh, Jason, I couldn't be more excited than I am after watching this trailer. I mean, the teaser sold me a thousand percent. This has sold me a billion percent. I'm That's so in. Yes. <laughs> I love the music. I know the the trailer music is so good and right like trailers today are all about like making you feel something in a way they weren't back in the 80s right. um but yeah I uh, you and I were just talking before we hit record about how much we would love somewhat somewhat similar music to this in the film something a little bit different right than what we've gotten yeah. before yeah kind of throw in the the sort of rock the swag swagger I hate this the term swag swagger um 
of the, the sort of the smugglers uh, into the music. I think that would be great. So I'm I'm right there with you. I think it's so cool. And do you remember the name of the uh, the composer who's doing John Powell? That's right. I was uh, I was listening to some of his previous music before um, a few weeks ago just to get a sense of you know what kind of soundtrack music he does. I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't super impressed with anything I listened to, but whenever you take music sometimes out of the context of the film, it's different. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he certainly seemed to know his stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not that worried. Like, I love wow. Michael Giacchino. I, Giacchino, he think he did great stuff in Rogue One. Um, and I really do kind of hope that this trailer music is somewhat indicative of the feel of the music in the film. That being said, I understand that trailers are a totally different genre. Right. They're 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 very much their own um, entity. But yeah. I, I think the music of this trailer really really does a lot to to punch things home, right? Because the music is the emotion of what you're seeing. What we're seeing is awesome, but then you under you know you undercut it with this incredible music, and you know it it just changes everything, right? Right. It's so good. And of course, there's an entire industry now where studios, all they do is trailer music. So, you know, who knows? Who knows who did the music for this, if it's any way related to what we're going to get. But I think Disney and Star Wars and Lucasfilm in particular, I think, are a lot more careful with what they choose for their trailers um, than, you know, say, you know, random movie number two coming out this summer. (laughs) Um, So... One thing I, I do want to really quick say about John Powell before we get into the, the trailer at large, um, I, I haven't listened to too many of his soundtracks, but one of the ones that I do own of his is his Kung Fu Panda soundtrack. I know, I know, Kung Fu Panda, but whatever. It's actually really good, and it's really um, gives you the, the texture of the movie and the emotion of the movie, and it's like really got an oriental feel which works because it's set in China, that sort of thing. So um, he is good at, at getting the, the feel of the location um, with the music and the, the fun of that. So and it's a really fun soundtrack. It, it's sort of a mix of orchestral, classic, you know, Chinese sounds and a bit of rock thrown in. So for that soundtrack. So it was pretty fun. Um, but so I'm, I'm hoping we get something you know in that vein where he captures the the idea the location the the emotion and everything so um of this movie which like we said trailer music is not really any for sure (laughs) indication of what the soundtrack is going to be sure yeah but i i'll say this and and you know for any any longtime listeners of the show uh I'll start off by saying I, I'm going to be the first to admit that, um, you know, I'm wrong in the sense that I was, uh, you know, for for months, close to years, you know, just lambasting this idea of a solo film. I thought it was stupid. We don't need it. We don't, I don't want it. And these trailers, both of them have have made me do a complete 180. I, I mean, I'm so into it. Now, that being said, yes, like a trailer can be great and a movie can be bad. Um you know, and and I hope I'm not stuck. You know, eating that enthusiasm I currently have because I am so excited about these films or these films, this film. But what I'm finally like able to uh, kind of reconcile myself with is the idea, though, that Disney is taking us and kind of just slowly taking us into new directions. And 
Um, at the end of the day, with Star Wars clearly going to be around for you know a very very long time now that Disney owns it, like we're going to get consistent films and quality films. I think um, I'm ready for them to you know kind of just start shaking the boat a bit and trying new things. I I, I mean that more especially especially in the standalone films. I don't want them going super overboard in the saga films. I think that's still one of the detriments of last jedi is it went a little too far out there um but when when you come to these standalone films i say go ahead start start pushing the envelope a bit because there's a different level of buy-in at least for myself in these in the in the you know standalone films now granted we've only had one but i mean to me still rogue one's the best disney film we've gotten of star wars um and 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 if the trailer proves to be true, I think Solo will easily overtake my favorite Disney Star Wars film. Um, and I know that's a huge statement. It's it's totally unwarranted. We only have had trailers. And again, I, I, I will say it right now. I could easily be eating my words in a month. But from <laughs> what I've seen in these trailers and in what I've read from you know Ryan Howard and Alden Ehrenreich and... Um, Donald Glover. I, I just have a lot of hopes that this could easily become the best Disney Star Wars film. So, wow! I know, I know that's high praise, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, "You're an idiot, Carl. You're probably going to be so wrong, and I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong." But I, I am more hyped about this film than I've been any of the films, except for maybe Force Awakens, just because again, it was the first one back in 15 years. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, and I know that's saying a lot because, again, as, a, as Han Solo is my favorite Star Wars character and for the longest time saying, oh, I don't want this film. We don't need this film. And these trailers have like, I want this film now. I still don't think we need it, but I definitely want it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about the new standalones. Do you necessarily need them? No. Do you want them? Absolutely. Right. You know, right. do we need a sequel trilogy? I would still say no. So, but do we want them? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, did we need Star Wars? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> let's yeah. not get, let's not probably, get crazy. <laughs> probably uh, as a society that probably, yes. Um, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, but uh, shall we start getting into this trailer here? Carl? Yeah, I think we just have to, um, what were your just kind of overall initial thoughts when you when you saw the trailer the other night, Jason? Oh man, um, that it looks like a rollicking good time. Mm. Like seriously, this looks like it's going to be a fun movie. Um, it, it's going to have the the word I keep coming back to about this movie. Everything I've seen is there. It has a swagger to it. Mm. There's an underdog swagger to this thing that I is infectious to me, um, you know, because Han's got swagger. Lando is like smooth, silk, creamy, chocolate <laughs> milk, you know, swagger. You know, there's there's all sorts of rough and tumble characters in this thing who look like, you know, they're holding themselves up, but keeping an eye on on you out of the corner of their eye. You know, it's one of those things. I, I There's a, a, I don't know, a, a, a feel to this movie that is unlike anything we've seen in Star Wars on the screen um, that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Cause, and that's, that's interesting for me to say, because my favorite 
characters in Star Wars are generally Jedi. And that's not something you really get from a Jedi because swagger implies that they, you know, think very highly of themselves and, you know, that sort of thing. And they're not supposed to do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, this has an aspect of Star Wars that interests me on some level sometimes. Um, but I don't know. The, the world we're diving into here looks really cool. And, and I'm, I'm on board. So um, what about you? What were your initial thoughts? Um, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I loved the teaser and, um, I was like, geez, I don't know if the trailer is going to be able to top it. And, and it did, <laughs> um, yeah, some of my, I mean, yes, my initial thought was, wow, this is awesome. And like you said, I just, it looks like a lot of fun and you know, that's a very, very, very important aspect of a star Wars film is just, you know, just pure good fun. And, um, and, and I don't say this as a slight against last Jedi cause I thoroughly enjoy last Jedi, but last Jedi, I, for myself is not the most fun of the star Wars films. It's no. heavy and it's dense and it's good, but it's, but it's heavy and dense. Um, and I just, I, I feel like solo is coming at a very opportune time to just kind of recapture the, just that simple simplicity of, of the fun element of star Wars. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's like Revenge of the Sith. It's a really good movie. It's an awesome movie. It's very dense with story. Is it fun? Not really. I mean, the first 15, 20 minutes, maybe kind of, but the rest of it, no. Right. It's not a fun movie. Right. It's and, a really and, good movie. People love yeah, it. Right. And, and by saying it's not fun doesn't mean it's boring or bad. It just means it's, you know, I mean, fun to me is just something light and exciting and yeah, and that's what this this film particularly seems to capture. And more than anything, and and you get this from the music in the trailer as well as a lot of the visuals is it just feels like a western. Yeah, um, I was about to say that. And and I really like that because again, George with specifically with A New Hope in 1977, his intention was making a western movie in space and he you know, he does that in a very profound way. I mean, he certainly loops in all sorts of other genres, but you know, he was a big um, student of, of Western films and the Western film. Um, and I, I just feel like this film, this, the solo trailer really seems to imply that it's going to be a very strongly Western themed film and outlaws. We yeah. got a bunch of outlaws on the run yeah. doing a job. Right. I mean, this pick, Pick your spaghetti western you want to compare this to. Uh, you know, you got a few dollars more, good, bad, and the ugly. You know, I mean, just throw them all in there. You, you got, I'm sure there's going to be hints and nods to a whole bunch of old westerns in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly, particularly, I think the classic westerns, you know, the John Wayne era, the Clint Eastwood era of westerns. So, right. Um, so, yeah, I just, again, I'm looking forward to how fun this movie looks and um yeah yeah i mean i, I just i just think it's gonna be really good yeah um yes so you know there are all sorts of things that we can easily start pulling out but i i just thought it'd be fun again as we've done with so many of these trailer review episodes just kind of go through this kind of shot by shot and and talk about what we see how do you how do you feel about that i'm i'm ready i've got it up 
All right, good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, we start again. The first thing that grabbed me in the trailer was the music that that opening guitar riff. Yes. Um, I mean, the only time we've gotten guitar music in Star Wars is Attack of the Clones during the you know the chase through Coruscant at the be- kind of the beginning of the film, right? As they're chasing Zan yeah. Wessel, um, we get some electric guitar. It's very subtle. I, I think it's hard to detect in the film itself, but when you listen to the soundtrack, it's 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 very prominent. Yeah. Um, but this is a very Western guitar type sound. I mean, it just it's very Johnny Cash to me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And one thing I will say about the visuals that they have to go with it is that I don't know what, this, what planet this is, and I know a lot of people are speculating we're going to be on Kessel at some point in this movie. Mm. Um, but this planet, the design of it and the the dirtiness of it, reminds me a lot of. Uh, Lothal. Ah. And so the design aspect is actually quite consistent. It's, it's sort of a mix between Lothal and like lower level Coruscant. Because mm. um, obviously much more populated than Lothal would have been uh, from Rebels. So the design aspect that they're going for is is remaining somewhat consistent across all these different platforms. But yeah, that was the first thing that I thought of was that Lower level Coruscant mixed with the uh, capital city on Lothal. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah, I, I, that's that's a, a point I was thinking too. Is it just makes me think of a lot of Lothal. But then we immediately go into the shot though of essentially star destroyers being built, um, oh. which makes me feel like we're on Corellia. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really feel like we're on Han's home planet here. Um, right it, again, like the old legends canon, which yes, technically has been thrown out, but they've been faithful to a lot of it as much as they can with, you know, things moving forward. Um, uh, you know, even Han makes a point in a new hope to say, you know, I've, you know, not just these bulk cruisers, but the old Krillian fighters, you know, like the Krillian ships, um, mm-hmm. implying, and, and again, we've gotten this through legends implying that like Krillia was a, you know, a planet which built Imperial starships and, um, yeah, I just, I, again, could be completely wrong, but I, I, I really feel like the trailer opens with showing us a sense of Corellia and the sense of like the Imperial war machine in, 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 uh, action, if you will. Yeah, this is, uh, while it, it could just be your run of the mill backwards, you know, city, uh, it's still got that, that overhanging presence of the empire. There, there's still this looming figure of the galactic empire as it continues to try and, you know, ensure that its grip on the galaxy is secure as it expands and tightens its grip. Yeah. So no, agreed. And, you know, we go from those, those opening shots of the star destroyer to, I love this. It's a subtle shot, but these, uh, these guys just warming themselves by a fire. Like to me, it, it, and, and with Han walking by, and to me, what this indicates is, again, like Han comes from an impoverished community, right? He is a guy who's trying to make a name for himself, trying to get out of his situation. Um, you know, I mean, this is a very stereotypical image of, you know, poor homeless people, right? In our own very own culture, like the idea of people just warming themselves by a fire or I'm looking at it a little more closely now, maybe just like some sort of cheap heating lamp. <laughs> you know, it might not be an actual open flamed fire, but I I think it is a fire and I think they've lit it inside an old R2 unit. 
Oh, interesting. I did not know. I'm, I'm zooming up real close now. Ooh, how cool would that be? I, I'm not going I'm not saying you're I, wrong. I just yeah, it definitely could be. I I saw that there were pictures of that somewhere on I think one of Ron Howard's profiles. I don't remember if it was his Twitter account or his Instagram. Uh, but he was talking about, you know, this old they had like an old R2 unit body and they're like, "Yep. And there's me fire in this soon or something like that." So I think that's what that is. That's so cool. But yeah, I mean, so again, from the start, though, it, it shows this is where Han comes from, right? Han yeah. comes from nothing. He is nothing, you know, um, and, and, and I will give a shout out and, and respect to, you know, Brian Young on, on Full of Sith. Brian Young made a great point on a previous episode not too long ago when the first teaser came out about the fact that, you know, he feels like the reason Han has such an attraction to Ray in Force Awakens is because he gets it. He also came from nothing. He was an orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that's just a great point that I never would have thought of. But I think right here, even in this trailer, it, it's, it's kind of illustrating that the fact that Han is walking around in the slums of potentially Corellia here and, you know, his his typical neighbor or kind of the homeless, the destitute, the 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 cast decides. Yeah. Um, and I think that says a lot about where Han comes from. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, it looks like he's trying to, you know, get in touch with someone who could help him out, you know, financially or reputationally or otherwise. Yeah. Um, I want to say, too, this this again, it's a very brief shot. It's all of one second. But, you know, it's just his silhouette walking. His walk is exactly like Harrison Ford's in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, and, and I don't want to get into this too much because, you know, Jason, you and I both are very adamant about trying not to go the negative route. But I've seen a lot of, unfortunately, shockingly <laughs> on social media, you know, the whole like not my solo or not my Han movement starting. And, you know, I just find it extremely ridiculous because at the end of the day, and, and I could be wrong, too. I mean, I'm basing my information off the same information everybody else is. And for some people, they've watched this trailer and they said, Alden Ehrenreich is not Han Solo. He's not Harrison Ford. To me, I've watched this trailer and I've said, Alden Ehrenreich is definitely Han Solo. Yes, he's not Harrison Ford, but he's definitely Han Solo. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, something as simple as just this little walk. If you watch the way he walks through Hoth base, it's almost an exact, exact um, copy of that. And it's very clear just from this little shot that Alden has studied Harrison's performance in the original movies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now the, there's a difference between imitating a character and portraying a character. He's not imitating Harrison Ford. He's portraying Han Solo. Yes. And I think that is key, a key distinction to make. Um, and, and, you know, we will probably have other points where we'll, we'll mention this, but as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen in the trailers, Alden is doing a great job of of portraying Han Solo. He's got the mannerisms, he's got the cockiness, um, you know. So it it really is working for me uh, in that regard. He doesn't look exactly like Harrison Ford. He doesn't sound like Harrison Ford, but he's got the speech patterns of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm. I think, I guess maybe because I, I, I've been in theater, I'm an actor, you know, that sort of thing. I, I'm more forgiving of those kinds of differences. Um, but I think this is going to be good. I think he's going to do really well. And I think for people who are open 
to the possibility that he could do well, I think they will be pleasantly surprised. Agreed. <laughs> now, I will say I know of people out there who are not willing to give him a shot. So there's no sense in even trying to talk to them. No. <laughs> in a way, they've already right. made up their minds. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I mean, moving to the very next shot, though, then of, of Han, you know, somebody opening, you know, a little window and a door. Important to note, Han is banged up in this shot, right? He looks like he's got like some cuts above his eyes, around his eyes, like Han's been in some scuffles. Um, yeah. Also, he's not wearing the jacket we see him wearing in much of the, you know, the promo material and, and much of the rest of the trailer. He seems to be in a very different type of outfit. Um, so again, it, it, to be fair, like this is all speculation because neither of us know anything about the film, like as far as the details, um, I'm wondering if this isn't long after he's defected from, you know, the, the Imperial Navy and he's, you know, he's out there seeking somebody who can give him some guidance. Um, I'm know, wondering if, um, cause this looks like the outfit he's wearing when he's driving that speeder that we saw mm-hmm. in the teaser trailer. Right. right. Which we also and, see again in this. Yeah, we saw we see that that um, that speeder again. But I'm wondering if he crashes that thing, and Ooh. this is him returning to who, inform whoever that yeah, your speeder's toast. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't my <laughs> and, fault, really. Sebulba flashed me with his vents, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's not going to get paid for whatever he did for them. Yeah, you know because of it. Um, so I I'm wondering if that's what's going on here. Yeah. Rampant speculation based on available information. Right, um, right. <laughs> um oh man, yeah, it just yeah, so it, that's a that's a great point. Then we go into this again, great shot that we got in the teaser as well of just what looks to be a gang, you know, spread out on, you know, like a desert surface and again, Star Wars loves desert, desert planets apparently. Yeah. Um I doubt this is I this is definitely not Tatooine. It's certainly not Jakku. It's just another desert planet. <laughs> um and uh I think in a way, now that we've gotten I mean, granted we've only got two desert planets, Tatooine and Jakku, but the fact that we've, you know, come into a new trilogy and found the need to use another desert planet, I think desert planets in and of themselves are an integral part of Star Wars storytelling to indicate kind of the barrenness that somebody comes from. And how they become something more. So I don't know. I don't think this is the planet where Han is from. I don't think this is Corellia necessarily. But I think it, it's just it's it's an overarching theme in in Star Wars about um, how great characters, in a sense, come from nothingness, right? Come from a barren place, but they become something much more. Yeah. No. That, that's a it's a good visual aid to the idea of coming from nothing. Although from someone who lives in a desert, I can tell you most of them have quite a lot going on um, <laughs> as happens in star Wars, apparently because these desert planets have a lot of important people coming from them. Uh, one thing I do notice about this desert planet, however, is it almost looks like more of a beach because if you look off in the far right hand side over the edge of the, the sand, there is an ocean. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious to see if we'll get a wider view of this planet or if this is going to be the only location on this planet we're going to visit. So, but this gang of ruffians looks pretty tough and there's someone of the right size and stature to be Warwick Davis standing in the, you know, in that lineup there. So I wonder if we have 
seen Warwick Davis's cameo in <laughs> Solo here in the trailer. He's been in every movie since uh, Return of the Jedi, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Yeah. Yes, he has. Um, <laughs> cool. I did not realize. I just looked closer. You're definitely right. There's certainly a body of water, whether it's an ocean or just a big lake. Sure. Um, but again, I, and again, we got the, this shot in the teaser, but just that great shot of just zoomed in of Han stepping forward. And it's just the focus on him unclipping his blaster. Um, again, it just screams. This is a Western. Oh yeah. I mean, you can almost hear the, (laughs) (laughs) the bad and ugly is start to play. (laughs) Yeah. And then you've got, you know, you got the zoom in of the, this new villain named, uh, Etsy Finn, I think is the name. Where'd you get that? Um, so right now at Denny's, they're doing like a, um, (laughs) a a Star Wars, uh, um, like themed, uh, meals and you get these pack of trading cards. So, uh, my buddy Greg went and, and got his first pack and it was the name of this character came in it. I'm looking it up right now. Give me one second. Um, I want to say it right. But, yeah, I mean, it's obviously official. Where the heck did this thing go? Um, do, 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 do. Oh, here it is. All right, yes. The character's name is Enfys Nest. E-N-F-Y-S. Nest. Enfys Nest. I could be saying it wrong. And I've mm. also read reports. So, again, this is slightly spoilerish, so I apologize. But I've read reports <laughs> that the character is a female. So, um you know, surprise me. Yeah. So Enfys Nest is the new villain, and this is clearly her gang that Han is kind of squaring off with. And, and again, it's just it just like we said, screams Western. This is kind of like showdown type of uh, type of a moment. I don't um, know. If she's the big villain, though. Yeah. Well, again, as, as we continue she's a on. Villain. Right. I think as we continue on, um, we learned that there's a, a in a way a bigger villain behind the scenes here. Yeah. Um, and so I shared this this quick little shot on on our uh, on our Facebook. Um, but uh, if you, um, I'm gonna try to get. I'll get. Yeah, if you pause the trailer at 15 seconds. Wow, we're only 15 seconds in. Um, the shot of of Alden just again like kind of looking at Enfys Nest, who I'm in her gang. Um, if you look, I mean, again, just looking at it very quickly, it just makes me think of a young Harrison. You know, for all the people who's like, oh, this has nothing, looks nothing like Harrison. Yes, at the end of the day, he doesn't because he's not Harrison Ford. But this shot, I just feel like he definitely looks like a young Harrison. Like the hair is perfect. Um, just the way his makeup is, it, it looks so much like Harrison Ford to me. He's got the jawline for Harrison. Yeah. Great. Give him that. Yeah. He's getting the, the chin. It's the chin. Yeah. So. Um, but as we move forward, you know, we get, uh, again, that shot of, of Han, like, walking into the dimness of some sort of underground gambling casino or gambling center. Gambling and den. <laughs> it, there's something about his blaster that looks different. The, 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 uh, the, the sight on it looks a lot longer than it does in future films. And, and it could. It could be because it's a new gun and maybe Han eventually will file it down a bit to make it, you know, again, for that more quick draw ability. Um, but just that, that little shot of him walking into the, to the light there, uh, if you pause it at 17 seconds, um, I don't know. There's something about the sight on his blaster that looks a lot longer. Um, and again, it could just be, yeah. it could just be the, the way it looks, but, um, 
Yeah. I'm really, I'm really digging this location though. I really like the, the gambling den here. Yeah. This is of course where we meet uh, Lando Calrissian. It's not a system. He's a man. Um, <laughs> Lando? <laughs> Lando system? No, he's not a system. He's a man. Um, but yeah, no, this, this place looks great. And I, I'm really digging some of the creature design here. Um, I don't know. There's there's a feel to some of these creatures that I'm really liking. Um, <laughs> the big guy with the one eye in his face, you mm-hmm. know, up in the corner. Yeah. At uh, 18 seconds in, I don't know. Yeah, there's I think he's in- there's such a, a, a you know a cantina feel to the aliens here, and you know a, a consistent complaint about. Is, you know some of the newer films is that right why can't we just get some familiar aliens and at least in the teaser we got some twi'leks uh, we don't get any familiar aliens in this particular trailer um but at least the look and the feel of these aliens doesn't feel as foreign as like i don't know cantobite um or, or even <laughs> maz's castle like there's something there's such a there Maz's castle to me is like super sci-fi. It's not Star Wars fantasy. It's it's just straight sci-fi. And Cantobite is just I don't know, ridiculous. So. It's a it's the raided closet of Doctor Who. Right. Um it's the abandoned Doctor Who aliens. Um and I say that as a fan and and uh of Doctor Who. So, um that being said, there's there's a similarity in in these aliens it's just like one step removed from some of the stuff that we've gotten before which i think helps um and then if you were to throw in a rhodian or a twi'lek or something you know an an aqualish uh something like that to you know in the background in one shot that would help really seal the deal with the these other creatures um but i'm i'm really digging what they have here um, as we meet Lando Calrissian. Yes. Um, also, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say that I don't think, you know, in the teaser that with that shot, we get a guy with like a big domed hat that looks like Embo's hat. Um, but if you pause it at the 19 second mark, you'll see that guy just kind of staying off to the side and it's clearly not Embo. So it could be Constable Zuvio. No, but um, <laughs> certainly not Embo, which, which kind of bummed me out. And it's the first clear shot we get of Han in his new jacket, which I think is just a great jacket. Um, but also, real quick, before we move on, like during all these shots, also we have that voiceover from Kira, you know, who's played by. Um, uh, oh my God! Why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Queen Daenerys. Um, I'm blanking on it too. Hold on. Uh, this is embarrassing. Oh, what the heck is her name? But anyway, Kira's talking at the beginning of the film, which to me is kind of the underwriting purpose of Han Solo as a character and and what his character arc is going to be. You know, she says, you know, you're looking for something. Is it revenge? Is it money? Or is it something else? Um, And and Alden Ehrenreich has been very uh, transparent about this in like his interviews with Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark. Thank you. Um, But, uh, you know that this movie is ultimately about Han Solo becoming the Han Solo we know in A New Hope, and right, he has a significant character arc, and he's he's kind of an optimistic character at the start of the film, and he's also seeking a sense of freedom, 
um, from his situation in life. That's essentially what he his his purpose is in the movie is is finding a sense of freedom, which for him essentially becomes having lots of money so that he can just fly around and do his own thing. And and I like that the the trailer starts with that voiceover, like you know you're looking for something, you know, which which is a great way to tell a character's story. Yes, characters need to be looking for something; they need to have a purpose. And and Han's not, you know, is it revenge? Mm, probably not. Is it money? Mm, in a way, maybe. Or is it something else? It's something else. It's freedom, right? Um, we don't get that clearly articulated, but we've gotten that from some of the interviews with Alden. And uh, I, I just I like that. That's how the trailer begins. That's that's the opening voiceover. Is Han Solo is a character looking for something? Yeah, no, he is, and uh, looking. Found something you would have, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he, he is definitely looking. And, and it is one of those things where um, it's a good question to ask, you know, particularly for Han Solo, because he's, by the time we meet him in A New Hope, he's not really looking that much anymore. He's kind of settled into a routine. So it's like, you know, what got him to that place where he's, you know, Afraid to get involved, so to speak. Um, have him a little gun shy, if you'll pardon the uh, the pun there. Um, to to all that, but you know, it's because he seems like a, such a you know, uh, he's the smuggler with a heart of gold. Is kind of what we we see happen in the original trilogy. He's he's a guy who's rough around the edges. He'll do what needs to be done in order to survive, but he's got that soft and squishy center. Um, and so we need to find out what, what hardened him. Yeah. And I, I think that's what this movie is going to tell us. Right. Um, but as you know, as we, as we continue on, you know, Han pushes some chips across the table and, and we've heard from several sources that this is the movie where we see Han win the Falcon. Um, I don't know if it's right in that particular moment, but we know he's going to be playing Sabacc and he's going to uh-huh. win that from Lando. Um, but right then we go into the trailer or the shots again that we saw in the teaser with Han and Chewie kind of just like looking at the Falcon. And, and again, I, I, I made a post on our social media about this, but I love this still. If you, if you just pause it at the 24 second mark and you see Han looking up just at the cockpit of the Falcon and you got these two, um, some people have said that they're lights cause it looks like they're in a, uh, like, um, like a, a, cavern or a you know uh docking bay or something i still don't think that they're i don't think they're lights that are up above the cockpit they could be moons i think Um, they are moons yeah most likely moons but again this is to me the the luke with the sunset from a new hope this is han looking at his destiny he he looks up at this and you know um he wants it you know he wants the ship this ship represents the freedom he seeks. It's the ability to bounce around the stars. That's a, that's quite a good parallel there, Carl Leclerc. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a neat shot. And um, I think one of the other things that I like about all of this is that this is also the movie where Han meets Chewie mm. and Chewie seems to have quite an integral role in all of this. So this will probably be Chewie's biggest role in a star Wars movie ever. I agree. Absolutely. Which has me very excited. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I would say at this point, Chewie's strongest performance is in Empire Strikes Back. Um, I think it's where he has the most to do. It's where he has the most to feel. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I think this could easily surpass that for Chewie. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree. Uh, but moving forward, you know, then we go into a, a fancier looking bar or casino where Han again bumps into Kira again. It seems like they haven't seen each other for a little while. Again, putting together the pieces we got from the teaser where they're riding around on that speeder, she does somewhat look a little bit younger, as does as does Han. So, um, and again, Amelia Clark has been clear in the Entertainment Weekly interviews that she and Han have a long history. It's not necessarily romantic, but they've kind of always been around each other. So it's possible that she also grew up in the poverty that he knew on Corellia. Um, but you have her here, you know, saying like, it's good to see you again. You look a little rough around the edges, but you look good. And she looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely beautiful <laughs> in this shot. Amelia, I mean, Amelia Clark is beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just have Han just kind of smiling at her and, um, you know, it, it just seems to be a moment where two friends are meeting up again. I, I don't know that they're going to have a romantic thing. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But there's something about this where um, Han just seems to trust her, and he's he's meeting up with an old friend. Yeah, yeah. This is this is an old friend. This is someone from his past who uh, was, you know, they were cohorts, they were partners in crime, so to speak, probably. Um, and, you know, after a period of time, they've, you know, bumped into each other again. Uh, and my guess is he's going to expect to just pick things up where they left off. And uh, she's in a much different place now. Right. Um, so. Speaking of picking things up, the very next shot, the 32 second mark um, of them walking through this desert, which, again, seems to be the same place where he's facing down Anifis Nest. Um, cause again, like you said, Jason, there's a big ocean here off to the side. The interesting thing about this particular shot, as opposed to the teaser, the teaser, it's just Han and Kira walking, but now you see Chewie carrying, you know, two big their luggage. Yeah. Their luggage. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if Chewie was just cropped out of the last one or maybe it's just a different angle, but it's very clear that Chewie's with them here. Yes. Um, and then we, we have the, you know, uh, some of the other shots from the teaser interspersed here with Beckett um, and Han at the, these spires uh, where he's, you know, telling Han about a job that they've got and in offering him a, a place on the, the crew for it. Yeah. Now I think that again, in this film, um, I feel like what they've kind of done is gone back to that original form of the original formula of the hero's journey in a way. Um, and, and to be fair, we've gotten that with Ray in the sequel trilogy, but again, we'll get a much more condensed version because it's a standalone film, but I feel like Beckett is, he's the, I mean, he's the mentor figure, right? Um, he's the one who's inviting Han into to something new and do a new way of being a mentor figure in a hero's journey doesn't necessarily have to be inviting you to something amazing and great and good, you know, inherently good. It can just, it can be an invitation to be doing awful things. I don't think Beckett is inviting him to something awful, but he's inviting Han into something more than where he is. Right. Like I've heard about this yeah. deal, you know, this, this, this gangster is running something. I'm putting together a crew. So, and like I said, you know, when we did our teaser reaction, uh, uh, our show, Again, just the setting of that particular scene where Beckett is sharing this information with Han. And, you know, you have these like kind of triangular pyramid type pieces. I just it looks to me like a sacred site. And again, whether whether or not it's like spiritually or religiously sacred, 
I think, like I said before, this is a sacred moment for Han because, again, it's the invitation into something new. Yeah, it's this is the uh, the way out of of where Han feels stuck, and so he's going to jump at this this opportunity probably. So, but the more interesting thing about this is we learn a little bit more about the job in this trailer, and that it's you know it's a gangster here. Uh, he's putting a crew together for something and we get a couple of shots of this gangster. Um, and I forget who's playing him, but he, uh, doesn't look like he's going to be, uh, shall we say friendly? No. Um, he's got these scars all over his face. He's got this, you know, steely glint in his eyes. This is going to be the guy who's all going to be the ultimate villain. Ultimately, right. I think. Yeah. Um, the, the, there's uh, Emphis Nest or whatever her name is, who's going to appear to be the villain at first. Um, and then it's going to be revealed that now this guy's really the, the one we got to watch out for. Right. I think. Yeah. And, and I love his physical look. Yeah. I mean, he just, he looks like a scary dude. Like he's, he's himself has, again, you just think of like crime bosses or, you know, something like an Italian mafia movie. Um, the crime bosses inevitably came up through a lot of violence and rough and tumble. Like they've got some scars and this guy mm-hmm. seems to be the same, right? Um, the very opening shot, you see somebody's hair kind of flicking. And to me, it looks like a Twi'leks Leku potentially, but this is clearly like that, the place where Han is re-meeting with Kira and, you know, it's kind of a fancy bar, like whether or not this is specifically his bar or not, we'll find out, but he's, but he's up on an elevated platform. Like, the dude's yeah. got influence. He's got sway. He's got power. This is his shindig. Um, and he's Han, also got a really wicked cape. Yeah, you like capes. I do like the capes. <laughs> um, uh, but then you know, then we just get some more shots of of Han racing that speeder through the streets, and he's talking to somebody who looks to me like an imperial officer. If you pause it at the uh, the thirty eight second mark, you know, he says, you know, I, I, I'm a you know. I'm a driver. I'm a driver. I'm a pilot. Um, again, like again, this could be like a flashback or something. But him proving his case to the imperial authorities that, like, you know, I'm, I'm an asset <laughs> to the to right. the navy. I want a job, right? <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I, probably. And I'm, I'm fairly certain that is an imperial officer. But yeah, he's. In a similar vein to Luke Skywalker, you know, it looks like Han is going to try and go to the Academy to, you know, get out of Dodge first before, you know, another solution presents itself. Right. Um, I want to make my, I want to transmit my Academy, my trend, my application to the, the Academy this year. Wow. My God, I butchered that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean next season before the harvest? Sure. There's more than enough droids, but the harvest is when I need you the most, but it's a whole nother year. Look, it's only one more season. Anyway, <laughs> we, we, we spread it out. <laughs> yeah. Who knows where that was going? Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think Han is going to try and initially get off, you know, out of his situation by joining up with the Imperials. And I, I doubt someone, you know, someone as scruffy looking nerf herder ish as Han Solo um, is going to get accepted. 
Well, I think he does get accepted. He just gets, like he said at the teaser, you know, I, I got kicked out for having a mind of my own. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, but, you know, again, ta- going back to that kind of beginning voiceover from Kira, you know, you're looking for something. You're looking for a purpose. Han's trying to find freedom. He's trying to get out of his situation that we see the trailer open up with. Like, again, he's living in the the dank part of a city, whether it's on Curly or not, doesn't matter. But he's living in where those who are destitute are living. So he's trying for a way out. And I think his first avenue is the Imperial Navy. And when that doesn't pan out, he turns to smuggling and thievery. Um and, and sees the inherent evils of the empire. Um, but, you know, it, again, it just it's just a very smart trailer. They, he, he talks about how he's a driver and a pilot, and that's immediately what we see immediately after. We see him driving the speeder, you know, like a boss, and then yep. flying some sort of ship like a boss. <laughs> so <laughs> he's backing it up. Oh, yeah. he's uh, He's got the skills. He puts his money where his mouth is or something. Um but yeah, no, he's he's definitely got the skills to back up that claim. Uh his claim is rather cocky, but that's Han Solo. Um <laughs> Yeah. So and some of those uh those shots that we saw um you know to to back up his statement there are from the previous trailer. Some of them are not, like the one where he's you know, spinning that speeder around in a circle before he takes off again. Uh that was pretty cool. Um but then we have this this shot of where they're sitting around a campfire. Yes. And he's uh, talking about how he's waited a long time for a shot like this. And he gets his blaster. Yes. Beckett gives him the DL-44, Carl. Yeah. Right. I, now, whether or not it's him giving it or him just like checking the gun and kissing it and giving it back, we don't know. <laughs> um, but no, t- no I, I completely agree with you, Jason. Like um, the, the first thing I think in these particular shots is, again, just screams western like the idea of the cowboys sitting around their campfire you know on their way to their mission or on their way to their task um you know it just again screams western it just con it just conjures up so many images of john wayne films for me where the john wayne and his you know compatriots are sitting around a campfire um and han clearly trusts beckett right you know with that voice over like you know i've been waiting a long time for this like he's he's kind of he's opening up in a way for Han Solo, right? Like he's, he's sharing some personal information. Like this is an opportunity for me. I'm, I'm excited about it. And, and he looks excited, right? He's got a smile on his face. And then, like you said, Beckett kisses the DL 44 and tosses it to Han and, and he smiles even bigger. And I, I just think it'd be so cool if Beckett is the one that gives him the gun again. It's, it's, it's like I've been saying, it's the hero's journey. It's, you know, Beckett is Ben Kenobi. You know, here's <laughs> your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. Um, you know, I don't know what he's saying here, but right. Like this is Hans. Don't lose it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. This weapon is your life. I'm sorry, master. Why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? No, I'm trying Thank master. That could definitely happen. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, again, and to be fair, you and I, we, right, Jason, we could be completely wrong about this. We, this movie come out, have nothing to do with any of that. But it just seems from what we've gotten, what we've heard from, you know, interviews and, and stuff from the actors. And now clearly in these trailers that Beckett is very much the mentor figure. Mm-hmm. And here he is giving Han his weapon of choice. Um, you know, Beckett is probably for Han a father figure because it's always it's always been legends canon that Han is an orphan, and I think that will continually be perpetuated in the film. Yes, 
I, I agree. You know, legends or, or in a, uh, orphaned or abandoned at a young age, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and Beckett, while yes, he is fulfilling the role of a mentor, the role of a father figure, I think he's closer to Palpatine uh, for Anakin than Ben for Luke. Um, just going to put that out there. See, I, I don't, I, I don't. I don't trust Beckett. The thing is, is I would I'd push him more towards Ben than Palpatine. Um, and again, Beckett. he he definitely he certainly exists in that gray zone between the two. He's not evil like Palpatine, but he's certainly not inherently good like Ben. Um, I think he does sincerely have Han's interest at heart, but he himself is such a scoundrel, such a broken man that he's just passing along those same that same brokenness to Han. Um, so he's a flawed mentor in a way that Ben Kenobi is not and in a I've way got, that Palpatine got, is not. I've got more to say on my feelings on Beckett, uh, but I want to wait till later in the trailer um, <laughs> you know, when it will make more sense. Sure. Um, um, okay. Well, well, so going past the campfire scene, we get the first real scene between Han and Chewie, which is really funny. You know, what do you think about all this? Chewie roars something. Well, what do you know? Yeah, he roars something and shakes his head like, no, I don't think this is a good idea. What yeah. do you know? <laughs> and, and to me, that that is Alden as Han Solo. Yeah. Right? That's – we – especially in Force Awakens, we get a lot of those funny quips between Han and Chewie. We get him in Empire Strikes Back. We even get a little bit of a Return of the Jedi and a new hope. So fair enough. We've gotten them in all the films. Why didn't I right. just say that? Um, but always thinking with your stomach, right? You know, <laughs> yes. All does Alden look and sound exactly like Harrison Ford in this particular little shot? No, but does he look and sound like Han? Hell yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, that's the type of sarcastic humor Han has with Chewie. Right. Right. They're always kind of on the verge of picking at each other the entire time. I mean, they're loyal to to a fault with each other. They, they will lean on each other and die for each other, but they're always just picking at each other, you know, as, you know, brothers are wont to do because that's kind of what, what they end up becoming. Yeah. So, Agreed. And um, we've got this great shot of them walking up to whatever this, this CD establishment is with the, the tusks out front and everything. Yeah. It looks cool. Can I say this? So there's just something about just because the fact that there's snow on the ground. And obviously we've seen them on a snowy planet. Um, we'll see it again in this trailer with a little bit more dialogue. Um, but again, this is uh, trailers today, right? Trailers today are trying to tell you a story in a way that trailers in the 80s didn't. They were just giving you snippets of a film. They were just showing mm -hmm. you random scenes. And, and that was the way it worked. Trailers today... And, and a lot of people complain about this. Trailers tell too much. I don't think this isn't telling. I don't think any of the Star Wars films have told too much in the trailers. But the trailers yeah. themselves, like like you said, kind of at the beginning of the show, Jason, like they're their own industry, musically and and narratively. And I think the trailers are trying to tell a story. And so here we are. We're moving. We're moving the story along. Where do we start? Well, Han, somebody who's looking for a purpose, and then he meets this guy named Beckett, who's gonna. He meets the Empire. Then he meets Beckett, and people are trying to find a purpose. And now he's going to this really cool-looking planet as the as you know to push the plot forward. He's 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 looking to actualize his potential with Beckett. And there's something about this particular shot. If you pause it at the 52 second mark, um, I mean, I'm a I'm a huge Dark Knight trilogy fan. There's just something. Maybe it's just because it's snowy and it looks like they're in the mountains it just makes me think of batman begins um right when bruce wayne is you know climbing to the temple of ra's al ghul 
And this is Han, you know, you know, maybe surmounting his first test, getting getting through his first trial, if you will. I think this is where they find Lando. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I think this is where, this is where Lando comes to the picture. The, he's gambling in there. I I would almost bet on it. Um, so yeah, this is well. When we go further past this, you know, they're inside some sort of establishment where he's asking Kira about the ship, and then we get even more stuff with Lando and his droid. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I can about guarantee you this is where they find Lando. Yeah. And and the question Han has, you know, is, is it, you got a lead on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler, right? So Lando's already got himself established in a way that Han doesn't. Got a um, reputation. Yeah. And, and it, again, if you look back earlier in the trailer, I, I feel like those shots of like Han showing up there and pushing, you know, the, the, the chips across the table to Lando, um, that's all happening here, right? It, Yes. It, these are all in the, the same moments of the film, right? It's all in the same continuity. And I, to me, I, I, I feel like this is indicating that Han has to prove himself to Lando. How do you prove yourself to a gambler? You beat him, you know? Right. Um, so I think Han sits down at that table to, to kind of prove his, prove his metal, prove his um, cleverness to Lando. That's how they're going to get Lando to join the crew. Yeah. And, so. uh, and, and, my God, does Donald Glover crush it as Lando? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yes, I love does. that they're they're sitting there across from each other. You know, you know, I've heard some stories about you. I'm just wondering if they're true. You know, everything you've heard about me. What does he say exactly? Do you remember the line? Here, I'll just everything you heard about me is true. Yeah, here I'll just I'll just pull which it makes Chewie. I heard a Sorry. story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. There you go. <laughs> and then Chewie laughs, which makes me wonder what Chewie's heard about Lando. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let, let's let's not race past the fact that Lando's got his own little hover droid that refills his <sighs> cup whenever he needs it. <laughs> so good. It looks so cool. I mean, he's got to be, you know, just drinking all that Sprite out of that thing. You know, it, I'm sorry. That was, yeah. You know, it, it kind of looks like Sprite, whatever yes. that, that glowy, you know, thing is. Well, you know what? I bet it's not. It's, I bet you it's not Curly and Al. I bet you it's not alcohol. Han wants to keep, or Lando wants to keep his wits about him. He's not going to be getting huh? drunk while he's gambling. Oh, that's true. He might, he might put know. up that front for sure to, to coax, you know, his co- opponents out. But Lando's, Lando's a clever dude. He's not going to be getting wasted while he's gambling. That's um, true. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just I find it interesting this this initial dynamic between Han and Lando is Lando's the established character, Lando's the one with the reputation, and Han's the one getting you know ha- having to fit himself in. Right. And uh, Lando's that same confident kind of cocky character that we get in Empire Strikes Back, and Donald Glover just totally owns it. Oh my gosh! When they said Lando was going to be in this movie. I don't think there was really anybody else people thought would play Lando than Donald Glover, including the creators. Yeah. So uh, it just shows the kind of reputation Donald Glover has gotten and the type of characters he could play and who we as fans and, you know, and as the Star Wars, as the creators of, of Solo, you know, envisioned being Lando. Right. Yeah. 
And then perfect we get, casting. Then we get the introduction of Lando's droid. Um, do you <laughs> yes. remember the name of the droid? It's like L three or something. Is that right? That's what he says. L three. L three. I'm sure there's a longer let go, name. Let go of the the mean man's face. <laughs> yes. L three. Let go of the mean man's face. This looks like a a sassy, um, rough and tumble, angrier version of K two S O. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> sassier, shorter tempered, um, more boisterous K two S O. Um, it's it's like if you mix K two S O, C three P O, and you know I G eighty eight together. Yeah. And, you know, a black woman on top of it. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's a, a black woman voicing it or playing L3. I don't remember who, though. I think you're right. Um, yeah, it's oh, it's 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 great. And um, I got a, a quick give props to, to my to my friend Greg because he's he's called it that he feels like L3 is going to get destroyed by the end of the film. But Lando will yeah. be able to, like, preserve, like her memory core or something and that becomes Lobot. Um, oh. And I love that. So I, I gotta give I gotta give props to my my friend Greg because that's totally his thoughts, not mine. But I think so, that would be so cool. So when Lobot is home alone, the the sass comes out? Apparently. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> um but this, you know, yeah, the 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 scene here, quick with with L three and like grabbing the guy by the face. There's something about like it looks like there's an octagon as they're walking towards it. it just it just makes me think of like a Fight Club. It's like a UFC center, right? You know, and and L three's breaking up some sort of fight or something. This is a gambling den. They're gonna have more than just cards to gamble at. You know, they got to gamble on the fights. They got to gamble on with the the cards. They got to gamble. I'm sure there's races for them to gamble with. You know that. That's what this is. You know, this is the seedy version of Canto Bite, the working man's Canto Bite, shall we say. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, and, you know, L3 is like, who are these people? Right. So again, like kind of further indicating that Han is, Han's a nobody. Yeah. Um, and then we get the introduction to the Falcon. Oh, yes. And it's brand spanking new. Like, this thing is shiny. That's how you know Lando owns it and not Han. This thing is shiny. (laughs) This thing is pristine. This thing doesn't have a scratch on it. It's, you know, all tricked out. This is how you know it's Lando's right now. Right. Han just kind of lives out of it. Yeah, after a and, while, and you know, well, and certainly shortens the the front of it. Yeah, <laughs> right, well, I, what that is, I think, is a cargo pod. I think, yeah, uh, that's what I've always thought too, because that's where you load the, it in. And and who knows what Lando has converted that cargo pod into? Perhaps it's a you know an extra living space or right. something. Yeah. Um. Real quick, if you just look at the this quick overall shot though of the of the Falcon, if you pause it at like a minute ten, um, the way it just kind of comes to a point like that, you know what it makes me think of, and I, I don't think it's intentional, but you know what it makes me think of visually, mm. um, Darth Maul ship. Oh, just, yeah, yeah, the way it just okay. kind of comes to this narrow point. Um, but right before we even get this overall shot of the Falcon, you do get this really quick. It's I mean all of a second, but Han reaching out and touching it. 
Um, he wants this thing. He does. And, and I just think that's, you know, um, yeah, just, uh, like, wow, this is great. He, he has to touch it to make it feel like it's real. It, it makes me think of two things, Jason, one thing from star Wars, one thing from the Bible. <laughs> um, and for star Wars, right. It's when Yoda lifts the X-wing out of the swamp. The first thing Luke does is reach out and touch it. Like he just can't believe it. He's so overwhelmed by the magic of this moment. And then, um, you know, we're in the we're in the midst of the Easter season. You know, the story of of doubting Thomas. He has to reach out and, and and touch the risen Jesus to believe that it's real. You know, this this he has to touch it to believe it to to, to feel the magic of that. And I just feel like Han reaching out again. It's just it, you know, again, just using that symbolic language of just reaching out and touching it. It's a magical moment for Han. He can't help but just touch it. Yeah, yeah, he wants it. it, it, it is this real? Am I really going to be, you know, flying off in this thing? And, and, and how can I get one? Um, you know, and then we get shots inside the Falcon as we go down the hallway. And then we see Han stepping into the cockpit for what looks to be the first time. Um, you know, he's clearly, clearly envious of Lando's ride. Yes. Um, and then we get another scene with Beckett here, you know, where he basically says, if you if you do this, you're in this life for good. Um, so, I, again, I don't know exactly what's going on here. Um, and the smuggler's life for, for right. me. And, no, oh, oh, smuggler's <laughs> life. No, no, sorry. Not quite. But uh, you, you get the idea. No, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you do this, um, you're not going to be able to get a good, uh, you know, a a legal job because it'll go on your record and you right. know, that sort of thing that this is going to be you. Yeah. And I feel like this is towards the, the, this is probably like towards the beginning of the third act of the film. Like if, if the movie, you know, has a three act um, movement, like a lot of the star Wars films have um, because again, when, when we get to the end of the trailer here, which we were going to talk about, but you know, the shootout on the moving train, like Han's got the big coat on They're They're clearly on a, on a snowy planet. Maybe this is where the heist is going down and it's right before they commence, right? This is very typical in, in these types of films where you have the mentee with his mentor and the mentor is just shooting out the truth. Like, Hey, if this is something you're about to engage in heads up, like this is going to lock you in. Um, so Beckett's just kind of giving him the truth. And and to me, again, it's just a very mentory in a way it's an invitation. It's not, it's not an indictment. It's not a, a ceiling of his fate. He's just saying, if you go this route, recognize what that means for you. Yeah. No, it, it's, I, I, I'm almost wondering if this is, you know, right before they, they set on, you know, set out to gather the rest of the crew or like leave with the crew. After the crew's all assembled, Beckett's giving him one last chance to get out. Mm. And, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Cause it looks like it's that same snowy planet that we were just on. So. Right. right. Um, and we um, got the Falcon taken off. And- yeah. That's by the way, just because I don't like to harp on these things. That's this is the only shot in the trailer I hate. <laughs> I don't like the way that the Falcon looks in that shot of the engines firing up. The way that oh. the um the ship itself kind of moves and opens. It's just it's it. I don't know. It just it's stupid to me. <laughs> sorry, sorry to sound like a jerk. I don't really have any reason for why. It just I don't like the fact that the Falcon's like actual hull seems to shift with the start of the engines i get in a way why like it's 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 meant to look kind of like a race car um i just think it looks it just looks dumb to me so but that's my opinion there you know i can clearly see other people loving it 
it makes no difference to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, one fair way or enough. The other. I'm sure most people are like, whatever, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we already knew that. No, just kidding. Hey. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So um, back on board the in, in in the cockpit of the Falcon, Lando behind the wheel. You know, you might want to buckle up. You know, baby. Warning, so um, Lando might want to buckle up, baby. Right, right. Yeah, I want to buckle up, baby. Um, I don't think Han is incredibly impressed with what he thinks to be the speed capabilities of this thing. And then, of course, we see them go into hyperspace, and I'm sure that's going to change his opinion on the Falcon's speed capabilities in a hurry. Right. Um, pun intended. <laughs> and like you said, too, when, when Lando says that, you know, you might want to buckle up, baby, Han rolls his eyes. Like, he, like you said, he's just not impressed. And I, I think this is just such an important shot to get as they jump to hyperspace. It's very clear. Han is in the passenger seat behind L3. Like this is not Han's ship right now, which I, which I just, in a way, like as a, as a lifelong Han Solo fan, it's just, it's a jarring shot in a good way. Like I'm not offended or annoyed by it. It's just, it's just jarring to see Han sitting in that seat. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird because that's not the seat he wants to be in. Right. He, remember, he's a driver. He's a pilot. And he's in the passenger seat. Yeah. Not where he wants to be. Right. So, right. Um, then, of course, we, we get our first shot of this train. Yes. Uh, which, of course, what good would a Western be if there wasn't a train chase? Also, um, you know what you know what this train stuff all makes me think of, Jason? Uh, episode four or episode 20 of season four of Clone Wars called Bounty, which is the episode where Boba Fett and his team hire Asajj Ventress to help them, right, like transport this bounty. I don't remember the name of the planet. But yeah. it just it, oh, and I like that. Like, I like that. It, it, this is a live action Clone Wars episode in a way. <laughs> yeah, no, it it does remind me of that, too. You know, obviously different um, location. But yes, the whole idea of them being on this train and having this this fight on the train uh, is really, really reminiscent of that. And of course, the interesting thing that we see um, them fighting on this train are the new Imperial Troopers. Do you think those are Imperial Troopers? Yes, okay. they are. Uh, that has been confirmed. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I forget what they're called, but that's, they are the new Imperial Troopers. Yeah, that's a fair point. And they do look a little bit like the uh, tank drivers from Rogue One, the helmets. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. And, yeah, we've got this great battle on a train, and Beckett is the one in action here. Beckett's shooting him down. Yeah. That's not Han. That's Beckett. That's Beckett. I think Han's flying the that ship that we yep. see coming around. Right. In the very next shot, yeah, as we see the train yes. kind of going around a turn, we see the ship over it, and that's clearly Han um, piloting that whatever that is. <laughs> um, that, that binary load lifter. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm making things up now. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, but also remember, like, in the the teaser to the teaser that we got on Super Bowl Sunday a few months ago – we got again a, a shot on top of the train where Enfys Nest is attacking them. So whether or not she's in league with the Empire, we don't know. I'm just excited to see how that's going to all play out. Yeah, my guess is she's just going to uh, be chasing them for some uh, perceived insult the entire movie. Mm. Yeah. I, I I think that's her her shtick. 
So, yeah, I, I think that's what she's going to do. I think she'll be getting in the way when they're confronting the empire and, and the gangster. Um, it's just the sense I get from it. I don't have anything to really back that up. But I think, you know, she'll keep showing up when it's least convenient for our heroes. Yeah. So, and then, but of course, this, this whole train sequence looks like it's going to be a blast. So I can't wait to see what it, how it all looks in the film. Right. Um, get a shot of the Falcon flying over a planet. I don't know what planet that is. Don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, a castle. Oh yeah. Very well. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then, um, we get again, like they're, they're doing battle here. Right. Um, yeah. And it's, we see Lando pulling his gun and, and he just, oh God, Donald Glover, Donald Glover looks so good as Lando. Um, yeah. Yeah, but this is where we just get the, the big montage coming towards the end of the trailer. Right. But again, we get a significant voiceover here from Beckett where mm-hmm. he says, um, hold on. I wrote down the quote cause I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, where he says, assume everyone, everyone will betray you and you'll never be disappointed. Again, yeah. Beckett is a broken mentor, right? In a way that Ben Kenobi is certainly not. Um, but I think that sort of truth statement clearly stays with Han Solo, right? That's the type of Han Solo we meet in A New Hope. He's the type of guy he just doesn't trust anybody, right? That's why well, he needs a certain amount of money up front before he even agrees to taking Luke and Obi-Wan and the droids to Alderaan. Like, he doesn't trust anybody outside of Chewie. And and I think he learns that lesson probably, yes, from the experience that he's going to experience <laughs> in this film. But also, like, that truth statement from Beckett, I think he internalizes. Probably. But here's where I wanted to talk more about my yes. thoughts on Beckett. Please. Um, because uh, I got into discussion after, on Twitter um, – with uh, Brian Bailey, one of our, our listeners who asked on Twitter, um, he, he quoted that quote and then said, so who do you think is most likely to betray Han in this movie? And people had started Ooh. naming different characters. And I said, everyone except Chewie. Hmm. I don't think anyone is going to stand with Han through the entirety of this movie except for Chewbacca. I think Beckett's going to betray him. I think Kira's going to betray him. I think Lando is going to betray him. Uh, the gangster's going to betray him. Everybody except Chewie is going to betray Han Solo. And that's why Han and Chewie are loners and never work with other people. Hmm. Yeah, I I can totally see that. Um, or at least from Han's perspective, Han's point of view, everyone betrays him. Right. Oh, Maybe. I think I think Beckett's gonna be, you know, in the gangster's pocket from the get go. I don't trust Beckett at all. I think he's gonna be a cool character, but I don't trust him. Yeah. Well, so, kind of I, like uh, <laughs> to go back to Batman Begins, Ra's al Ghul for Bruce Wayne. He's a great mentor. He he helps him deal with the the, the trauma of losing his family, and you know, trains him to be a great fighter and gives him a purpose. But at the end of the day, he's inherently evil in a way. Right. His his sense of justice is very black and white and juvenile. And uh, in a way, he betrays Bruce. Um, and then conversely, Bruce betrays him in his eyes. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, I can totally see that. Like you said, like Beckett even will betray Han. I think especially, you know, yeah. um, it, it, I don't I think that's going to be the biggest the biggest betrayal in Han's eyes is going to be when Beckett turns on him. Right. Um for now, whatever reason, 
that yeah. is. Yeah. But I, I, I don't trust Beckett. Sure. Well, <laughs> if you, in that, if in this like shootout around the Falcon, and again, I don't know if this has to be the same scene, but if you pause it at a minute 30, you'll see some type of Walker being put down with in the, in the foreground, clearly an Imperial trooper. Cause he has the type of helmet, like an ATST driver would wear. Um, yeah. So again, the empire is going to be involved in this film. They're certainly going to be a point of conflict for, for our characters. Yes. But Jason, here's the big thing. Here's one of the biggest things I think in this trailer. Hmm. And it's at the minute and 33 second mark. Chewy with another Wookiee. I know. I know. This is the big thing. This is huge. This, who is this? Is this his brother? Is this his girlfriend? Who is this Wookiee? You know, I, I, I need to know. I need to know. Because Chewie's always been kind of a loner when it comes to Wookiees, which is weird because they seem to be very sociable creatures. Um, particularly when we see them on, you know, Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith. Um, and I want to know who this Wookiee is. Is this just someone that they're, you know, is that train full of Wookiee slaves? And this is the, someone that they've rescued. Uh, you know, is this someone close to Chewie that then, you know, bites it? You know, who knows? I don't know. I need to know. You know, well, you know who everybody's speculating is, and I, I think it, I think it's true. Kitwar, Mala, his wife. Ah, you know who we, he was introduced in the holiday special, and then there's their little boy Lumpy. Um, <laughs> Lumpawaru, star, you know, Lumpy, a Star Wars story. Right. Um, <laughs> that's that's going to be next. That'll be the next one. But uh, I, I, and again, could be completely wrong. As could all the people speculating. We were all wrong about Snoke. Um, or I as the to. honest trailers of Last Jedi would like to say, Snope, um, which I think <laughs> is hilarious. Um, but yeah, I. I I really think it's Mala. Now, maybe it won't. She won't be named Mala because they want to distance themselves from the holiday special. But even if you've read um, the uh, uh, aftermath trilogy by uh, Chuck Wendig, um, you know the middle book, Life Debt. It's all about following Han and him helping Chewie free Kashyyyk. And Chewie has a family. Um, it's pretty clear that Chewie has a family. And, it's it's you know up for debate. Maybe Chewie already had a family in Revenge of the Sith because again he's 190 years old at this point, as we're gonna learn. And uh, you know Chewie could have already had this family, and he gets enslaved by the Empire. Han frees him, and um, who knows? He just gets to meet up with Mala again. But basically says I'll be back when Han's dead or something. I don't know because obviously Wookiees live a lot longer than humans. Um, but yeah, I just I, I I just love it. I love that we get this shot of Chewie. Um, it, it's certainly, I just, I'd be shocked if it's a brother, it, it, even the way the Wookiee looks like it, it looks a little bit, I mean, I know it's hard to say cause you're getting a very quick shot and sort of from the side and behind, but it looks very feminine and just the, the way Chewie embraces her, puts his head to her forehead. To me, it's just a very intimate movement. It's a very intimate moment. So that, that's why to me, it's whether or not it's specifically Mala, his wife, I, I feel like it's some sort of romantic interest for Chewie. I mean, maybe it's romantic. Maybe it's it's intimate because mm. they they touch heads. But that's something that could be you know uh, that something that Wookies do. You know, I I don't necessarily think that has to be romantic. It, um, but yes, I do think it's someone close to Chewie, uh, which is why we initially went with brother or something or girlfriend or something like that. But yes, it could be his wife. It could very well be his wife. So, um, and we know he's old enough to have one. 
at this point, as we'll see here in a minute. Um, but yeah, no, that this is one reason why I'm excited about this movie is because we're going to get some more about Chewie and that makes me happy. Yeah. And uh, Juna Suotomo is killing it as Chewbacca now that Peter Mayhew is retired. So. Agreed. But uh, shall we continue on with the trailer? Yeah. Um, well, we get, you know, the familiar shot from the last trailer of the Falcon flying through some sort of space creature. <laughs> um, yes. And he says a line that nobody in Star Wars should ever say. I've got a good feeling about this. I've got a really good feeling about this. <laughs> Love it. That's something no one should ever say in Star Wars. Well, you know what it makes me think of, Jason, is, you know, when we got the last Jedi trailer, in a way, Luke Skywalker at a certain point, right? I think he's speaking to the audience. You know, this is not going to go the way you think. Um, that's, you know, it's a double meaning. It's to Ray, but it's also to us, the audience. And I just, I don't know. I, I feel like with Alden saying this is on Solo, you know, I've got a really good feeling about this. I think it's in a way telling us the audience that we've got a good feeling that this movie is going to be enjoyable. I don't know. You know, I mean, to me, it's just kind of this. It's clearly Han enjoying the moment, like in the context of the film, he's piloting, he's loving it. He's in his element, but I think it's telling us the audience something too. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I, I totally will take it that way too. I have a good feeling about this movie too, but. I still stand my, by my statement that nobody in Star Wars should ever say that because um, that's just asking for trouble. Um, right. um, well, we get a shot then of, of uh, uh, one of the Falcons. Uh, what do you call like the belly of a ship? Is that the dorsal? I don't no, know. Uh, the, the belly the, the top. Okay. I mean, so the belly gun. The the, I don't know. Yeah. It's belly. One of the belly guns. Yeah, yeah. So you have a belly gun shooting out a TIE fighter. Um, again, it's a very, it's definitely not the quad cannons Han has in the Falcon when we get no. to a new hope. So, it, and I like that, right? Like I like that we're getting evidence that Han's made a lot of uh, special, special modifications. modifications. And if you think to, again, the teaser where they're flying, you know, through space, there's, they're flying by the space creature. You have Han, Kira, Chewie and Lando all in the cockpit, but here it's just, Han, Chewie, and Kira. So again, I feel like it's Lando down in that belly turret. Probably. You're probably right. And so uh, why is Han piloting? Maybe at this point he's already won the ship. I don't know. Maybe he's just proved that he's the better pilot because he definitely is. Um, or he just took the controls and uh, Lando didn't have a chance to say anything about it. Right. Because they were right. being chased. Yeah. <laughs> so and, just like I love this part of the trailer because it's. Jason, I have not laughed this hard ever at anything in Star Wars. <laughs> and it's 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 this. It was great. I missed it a little there. Sorry. It was great. Ah, crap. I missed it again. Why? 190 years old? It was great. <laughs> you're, you're 190 years old? You look great. <laughs> It's so good. I laughed so much when I first saw that part. It it's so good. It's so good. It really is. It really is. Um and you know again and 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 not to go this way but I can already hear like, you know, the the stupid not my solo camp people saying um 
oh, Han Solo would never say a line like that. You know, in the same way that people hated Vader's line to Krennic in Rogue One, you know, don't choke on your aspirations. Well, we've heard Lan- uh, Vader talk about that, like talk like that a million times. Yes. You know, um, you apology, apology accepted, accepted, Captain, Captain Nita. Nita. It's the same freaking thing. Well, yes. think of Han. Who's scruffy looking, right? right. Like th- th- that's how Han talks. Like it, that's definitely Han Solo. Yes, it doesn't sound a thing like Harrison Ford. But it certainly sounds like Han Solo. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think it's so funny. And again, great shot of the Falcon doing like a cool big barrel roll type thing at a minute 46. And you got the, again, that awesome shot of the Star Destroyer. It, it, I think this is him pulling off the Kessel Run. It's got to be. Kessel Run in less than 14 parsecs. I mean, 12 parsecs. <laughs> yeah. 12. <laughs> um, yeah, we could be wrong. It doesn't have to be the Kessel Run, but it just seems like it because from what we've heard from legends and stuff, you know, like this just looks like he's pulling off the Kessel run. It looks absolutely beautiful. And I think it's really important here too, though, that like Han seems to be struggling a bit in this particular chase. And, and I love it. Chewie stands up like he's all annoyed and he's, he, you know, he's flipping all the right switches. I think yeah. it's so important because it shows how necessary Chewie is for Han, how in a way Chewie completes Han, right? Yeah. Han is a really good pilot. He's got a lot of great instincts, but he's still, you know, he's still got some stuff to learn. Well, here comes Chewie who knows the stuff that Han clearly doesn't like he completes him. So I just, I just love it. It's like, it's something subtle. It's funny. Again, it illustrates the type of relationship they have, but how the dynamic duo is formed. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got him punching it. You've got a great shot of the Falcon flying over that desert planet again. But then, Jason, I love this shot. Um, this is cool. The, uh, if you pause it at the 1 minute 51 mark, you've got essentially a space version of Brass Knuckles meets Vibro Knife. We've right. never seen a Vibro Knife in a Star Wars movie. I mean, it's it's in novels. It's in card games. Um, it, maybe it's not a vibro knife, but it just, that's immediately what I think of. It looks like a vibro knife. It's that main villain. And again, I love it because in a way it looks like he himself has had some vibro knife fights. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Looking at his face, it, maybe this is his weapon of choice. And I just love it. We get like this just kind of like badass villain who's not messing around. And, and I don't think he's fighting in this shot, right? He's pissed. He cuts something in half. Like, Something well, no, I think he is fighting because if you oh. – and I just noticed this. Okay. But if you're pausing, if you're going through pause, 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 pause as you go through this. Oh, yeah. That looks like Han in the foreground when he's slashing. Is that what you mean? So, yeah, no, I – that – in first part of that shot where he's cutting through that that you know sculpture thing – if you pause right at the beginning of that shot, it looks like Han is dodging out of the way and he slashes through that thing because he's missing Han's face. So uh, I think I think this is a confrontation between Han and the big baddie. So um, I, I'm i excited about this. I, I think it's cool. I think they're cool weapons because um, we haven't seen anything like this before and we're going to get a, a, another brawl. This will be you know, our first real brawl since... Uh, you know, the rumble in the rain and attack of the clones. I mean, you could say some of Chirrut's stuff in Rogue One is a brawl, but that's more like him just beating up stormtroopers with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I never realized that. Jason, thank you. I think you're 100% right. Like, he's 
whether or not I mean I do hope it is indeed a brawl. Um but it looks to be the the same planet is that you know the place where he re-meets Kira. I don't mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong about that too. Maybe he's just like trying to intimidate Han and Han just ducks out of the way. I don't know. But I'm I'm with you, Jason, because I was thinking the same thing with the way this trailer is going. I would love to see a brawl between Han Solo and this big baddie. And I, I'd love to see Han, you know, obviously win. Well, he's obviously not going to lose. Well, at least right. die. <laughs> um yeah, oh, I did not notice that. I just I thought he was just slashing something because he was pissed. I never just paid attention to the fact that there's somebody in the foreground. But you're absolutely right. It's definitely Han dodging out of the way. Yeah, that jacket is un- unmistakable. Yes. Um, and as we move forward, you know, we just get great action shots. But the thing that I love the most here, it, it, a minute 55, minute 54-ish, with <laughs> Chewie giving his battle cry and just slamming a dude down right oh on my his head. God. That's got to hurt. Well, that's I don't know care what universe you're from. You're that's, from that's gotta hurt. Yeah, you've said this several times, Jason, but like I, I, I think we're gonna see Chewie really shine in this film. And you know, going all the way back to A New Hope, you know, when Han threatens three PO, you know, it's not wise to upset a Wookiee. Well, sir, no one worries about upsetting a droid. It's because a droid don't pull your arms out of your socket when you lose. Wookiees are known to do that. Right? We, we get such a, rep, a sense of Chewie's reputation that he's just like a brute and like he can totally mess you up in a fight. But we never really see Chewie do anything like that. So I'm just super excited that this we're going to get that. We're going to see Chewie literally just slam a dude on his head. Right. Right. That's if we're going to we're going to get that Chewie. The one who maybe we'll even get him ripping somebody's arms out of their sockets. You know, uh, it's entirely possible. Um, I mean, we were supposed to get that in in uh, Force Awakens. Ankar Plutt was supposed to follow them to Maz's castle, and he was supposed to rip his arms out of his sockets, and beat him over the head with them. Um, it is one but, of the deleted scenes. So, yes. So, um, but maybe we'll actually get something like that in the movie now. So, yeah, I. I'm so excited about that. Um, <laughs> we get the the wrap up of everybody, you know, doing their action stuff. Kira throwing grenades. Uh, L three, so excited they got this job. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and and the shot of Kira throwing what again probably looks like a grenade is also a similar shot to like Lando shooting his gun outside the Falcon. Even here, screams Western to me. The idea of like the heroes being backed up around their, you know, their horse and wagon, and they're defending, you know, they're defending their carriage. The Falcon is their carriage. They're defending it in this particular scene. Now, again, could be completely wrong, but it just it screams Western to me because that's such a a Western plot device. Right, right. Now that's you're totally, totally onto something there. Um, but yeah, no, I. This movie looks so exciting. Then we get one, we jump right back to the train again. Han and Chewie are on the train. And it looks like Han's trying to rescue Chewie because they're almost falling off. And uh, that's, you know, the barreling towards some rough outcroppings. And that's where the trailer ends with Chewie inches away from death. Yeah. And the thing with that, the, the fact that that's the closing shot. The last line of the trailer is Han just yelling Chewie and trying to save Chewie. So again, no matter what happens to this film, like you were saying earlier, Jason, uh, it, debatably everyone will betray Han except Chewie. 
and Han will certainly put himself at risk for Chewie, right? It just, I feel like the end of the movie is just going to really solidify their, their companionship in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Um, totally. Also, that, one, one last thing I want to say. Yeah. I like Chewie and Goggles. <laughs> I, think, I, I think he looks kind of funny in them when he, he turns towards the camera. I don't know. He looks kind of funny, but I like it. I like it with the goggles. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that closing shot, too, though, of Han trying to pull Chewie up. You know what that makes me think of just visually? Mm. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, when, yep. you know, Indy's hanging by his satchel on the, uh, the side barrel of that tank cannon, right. As they're trying <laughs> yes. to run him into the mountainside. It just, that's, that's what that makes me think of with, with Chewie looking at the, uh, cliff face like that. Oh yeah. No, that's, you're totally right. There's going to be some indie vibes in this movie. There's going to be some indie vibes in this movie. I can, I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. So, um, Oh, and then the one last thing I wanted to say, because I just don't want to miss this point, and it, it, it's going in the vein of, of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, right? So Indiana Jones' Last Crusade opens with the young Indy. We learn where he gets the uh, scar on his chin, right, from the bullwhip, mm-hmm. and uh, right, Han Solo also has that same scar as Indiana Jones because <laughs> um, it's Harrison Ford's scar. How interesting would it be if that scar that Han Solo has comes from the big bad villain, like while they're brawling? Oh, Oh, there you go. So, that would be cool because he doesn't have it earlier in the movie. Right. So, again, it, it's a subtle thing. They don't have to put it in there, but I just think it'd be really cool. Again, just kind of going with the same vein as Last Crusade. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd be down for that. So Me too. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, so there, we just, we just talked about approximately two minutes and an hour and a half, um, <laughs> which, which, again, there's probably a lot more we could say. A lot of speculating, but at the end of the day, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a blast doing this, so. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, I'm so excited about this movie. I'm so excited about this movie. I cannot wait. Um, I wish the tickets would go on sale. Uh, I can't believe they haven't still. Um, I'm sure soon. But again, so this coming Friday, you know, April 13th, uh, we have the official release of the Han Solo merchandise. So, you know, the toys, the the games, all that stuff. Um, I, I was lucky enough. I found a black, black um, series, six inch Han Solo um, figure on eBay. So I've already got that, which is the thing I wanted the most. So I'm very happy with it. I love it. Um, but I'm still going out on Friday with a buddy to just see what else is out there. Maybe grab a few things. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So I, ah, I'm really excited about this. My guess, well, maybe I was going to say maybe tickets won't go on sale until after, um, Avengers infinity war, uh, starts, but I don't know. I'm just completely speculating there. Um, since they're both Disney properties, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't think they're going to go on sale you know, nearly in advance, like, you know, last Jedi and force awakens did. Um, right. So, well, clearly, <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but this movie has me wanting to get tickets. So I just got to figure out how I'm going about doing that because that is the same that this movie opens the same weekend of Phoenix comic con. Oh, wow. But comic con starts what Thursday? It starts Thursday. Just go at seven o'clock. Just keep out of camp, Comic Con early. 
Well, but the thing is, is I might miss Thursday. I don't know yet. So um, I, I'm still figuring that out. I might only go Friday, Saturday, Sunday this year. I have to go Friday because we have a panel sure. on Friday morning. So we will be able to talk about this movie and then at the end get into a spoiler discussion about Han Solo. Wow, how good it is. So, um, <laughs> yes. At least that's yeah. what I hope I will be saying. Right. So, Fair point. Um, so I'm still figuring out what the heck I'm doing for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going with some friends Thursday night and then – uh, I think I might actually take Friday off for once, and then I'm going to, uh, to some other friends Saturday night for sure right now. I mean, as long as I can get the tickets when they go on sale. Um, I can't wait. But uh, yeah, so this was a lot of fun talking about this. And, uh, you know, uh, just kind of in closing, um, so right now, as of today, Tuesday, um, April the 10th, right? April the 10th? Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm going to post this episode right away because I want it, you know, for the sake that this trailer just dropped, you know, so this won't be come out on our normal Thursday, come out a day early. But, um, you know, we are currently in the midst of our final round of the our this, you know, Wampus Lair, This Is Madness tournament, our character tournament. We're down to the final round, which is pitting Obi-Wan Kenobi against Darth Sidious, which as of right now, Obi-Wan is just totally wiping the floor with Sidious, which doesn't surprise me. No. Um. So again, if you're, if you're somebody new who just, you know, you're just tuning in because you want to get, um, you know, our, the, the trailer reaction to, uh, this new solo trailer, um, head over to our social media, check out this, this really fun character tournament we've been doing, um, based on the star Wars.com. This is madness tournament. And I guess we are down to our final round, but we're going to keep this up for a few more days. So you can cast your vote about whether you think Obi-Wan Kenobi or Darth Sidious ought to win this poll. Well, and I'm really excited about this one. Um, I I'm really excited that how well this year's mad our, uh, our this is madness tournament turned out this year. So I I really enjoyed all the interactions we've gotten with it. So thank you everyone for doing that. Um, but uh, maybe next year when we do it, we'll be able to add some new characters to the mix. So from Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but um. We got anything else we need to do here? Um, I mean, obviously, we need to know where <laughs> right. they can well, talk. Well, before that, though, because our tournament is wrapping up this week, um, we'll honestly probably just end it tomorrow. I, I don't think we're going to get that many more weigh-ins. And Obi-Wan is cleaning the clock with Sidious so much right now, I don't see that changing. Um, sad so I face. think our tournament is <laughs> sad face. Who cares? Sidious sucks. I Annoyed that he even won the dark side. <laughs> um, should have been Embo. Um, <laughs> but uh, so. Young fool. And now, at the end, do you understand Q- that I should have won? <laughs> Q Embo going, no, I can't do this, but. Um, but yeah, so for the sake of what we just talked about and, and we're going to have an awesome guest next week on the episode. I'm really excited about our topic for next week, which we were going to do this week, but in light of the trailer, we decided to postpone it for a week. Um, so definitely tune in next week for, for a very interesting topic. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but more than anything, the, the, the guest is going to be great. Um, and uh, so to let you weigh in a little bit of your thoughts on the, the solo trailer, we we're going to, we're going to do another poll. And we want you to tell us what your favorite moment was in the solo trailer. Yes. So 
Um, not only can you participate in the final round of This Is Madness, but you can also let us know who you think or what you think is is the best moment for you in the solo trailer. By the way, if your comment is if you're just queuing up your comment of the end of the trailer or nothing, don't bother because uh, I don't care. I'm sorry, like <laughs> not to be a jerk, and I know that is kind of a jerk thing to say. If you hated the trailer, that's totally fine. That's your that's your own element. But anybody that writes nothing or the end of the trailer, we're not going to read it on the show because I don't care. I asked what your favorite moment is, and if you just hated it, just. Keep your hate to yourself. <laughs> we got enough of that in the world, right? Yeah. So we're we'll we'll leave those off if those just if those come up. Uh, but you know, we don't need to spread the the irritability. Um, again, as as Carl said, if you dislike the trailer, if you don't like it, you know, we're more than willing to hear your discussion on that as long as as reasoned and not just this movie sucks because it sucks. <laughs> you know, because that's not an argument. Um, right. But if you, if you have well-reasoned, well-thought-out, re- you know, argument as to why you don't like it, we're more than willing to entertain that discussion. But if you're just going to be, you know, snarky about it, we're not – we're trying to make this place a positive environment, a place where honest discussion can be had, and we're not feeding <laughs> feeding the monsters, so to speak. Um <laughs> right yeah so and again you know jason you and i are both super excited about this film and and you know it can come it could come out next month and we could both really dislike it you know right. I, I, I'll, I'll and i'll be quick to say that i mean i i very i'm always happy to to admit when i feel like i'm wrong or i was you know mistaken about something and all along i didn't care about this movie until the trailers came and now i'm super excited and now again i could end up eating all the words i said tonight but i'm excited about it it looks fun and Again, I'm sure I know there's a lot of people out there that still like hate the idea of this film. The, the trailers themselves also don't do anything for you. You just think they, they look bad. They're dumb. That's totally fine. At the end of the day, all of this stuff is subjective. It's an art form. So, of course, it's subjective. Just simply asking that if you really hate this trailer, if you don't care about this movie at all, just, just don't feel like you need to participate in the poll because there's nothing you liked about it. And that's totally fine. So this is, you know, just to try to amp up what are people are excited about. Yeah. Exactly. So if you want to weigh in on the poll or if you haven't gotten a chance to vote in our This Is Madness character tournament, uh, or if you just want to talk to us about what you liked about the trailer, uh, where can they do that, Carl? Well, Jason, they can do it over. Oops, she's that's loud. <laughs> over on uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast. Um, you can certainly follow us on uh, Twitter at Wampuslayer. Send us an email at wampuslairpodcast at gmail.com. And if you feel so inclined, we have a Patreon page. If you want some mini episodes, head over to patreon.com slash wampuslairpodcast. Yes, and I'll be getting a new one up for uh, our background spotlight uh, episodes this week as well. So, anything else, Carl? No, you, you're, we're all set, I think. I, I screwed up the music here a bit, but I, I got the right track that I wanted. No. <laughs> all right. Well, as long as we're good with the music, then we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This has been episode number 277, Solo Trailer Reaction. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. <laughs>